Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, hello, everybody. This is Joe McCall, and I'm with Alex Youngblood. We are the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. So glad you're here. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Joe? I, I think you got it right this time before you kind of did a little flip-flop <laughs> on that. Yeah, I got my name correct this time, and I'm not Alex. I am Joe. <laughs> and uh, So um, we uh, got a great interview today with a friend of ours, I, but I think I've known Brian longer than you have maybe, Alex. You probably have. I think he's the one that introduced you to ah, me. Ah, I think you're right. That might be the tie right there. I think you're right. Brian lives in St. Louis. Um, although his business is so outsourced, he doesn't. He could live in anywhere he wanted to. I mean, he could live in Buck too, right? Or Tahiti, and he he wouldn't. Uh, he could still run his business. I mean, how many VAs do you have, Brian? Uh, right now, I, I probably have about seven virtual assistants that work for me. Okay, well, that's less than you had before. Yeah, you've simplified things a little bit. But um, anyway, Brian is kicking butt, taking names here in St. Louis. Um, we're definitely not competition. Uh, in fact, I've known Brian for a long time, and, and I always try to steal his ideas and copy whatever he's doing <laughs> because uh, it just he's been doing it for so long, and uh, it's really working well. But we'll get to that in a second. We have a great free resource called the realist, uh, the what's it called, Alex? Fast cash survival kit. The fast cash survival kit. That's right. Any, anybody looking to finally make it in the real estate investing business and understand the way it really works, um, to get started, or if you want to quit your job or move on is you've got to take care of your cash flow needs now. And it's pretty impossible to just all of a sudden wake up with rental income of three, $4,000 a month. But through this fast uh -huh. cash survival kit, we will show you exactly how to flip a lease option, flip a wholesale deal, and pretty much learn how to make cash on demand by um, basically securing a value and flipping it to somebody else. So it's it's something that's recession-proof, as that has been proven. And um, you can just grab that, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, grab it, download it, and start using it. I'm still scratching my head literally right now because there's people who have been listening to us for a while and have not downloaded it. And um, it's it's actually nothing you even have to download. It's It's just videos – there's some mind maps, some documents that we use, and spreadsheets, and you can get it all there online. And um, for free, for free. And if you don't like it, we'll give you your money back. That's right. So go there, and also leave us a review in iTunes. We appreciate it. We get a lot of reviews in iTunes, and uh, we appreciate the um, the the thoughtfulness of everybody who does that. If you like the show, let iTunes know. Um, we are slowly climbing up the ranks in iTunes, and uh, I'm real proud of what you know we have accomplished in the last little bit. I think we're approaching a year now of doing this show, Alex. This will uh, time flies. I know. I think this will be episode 39 or 40 or something. But um, this will be one of our best episodes because of who we have 
on the show with us. His name is Brian Haskins, and he hails from St. Louis. You've lived here all your life, right, Brian? I have, yep. Okay, good. The um, St. Louis is a great place. We've only been here maybe seven or eight years now, but I feel like I've lived here all my life. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great place to raise a family, and um, I love St. Louis. How you doing, Brian? Doing really great. Uh, how are you guys doing? Real good. Awesome. We um, got a lot of questions for you, but let's start from the beginning. Um, what were you doing before real estate? Did you have a job? Were you stuck in a cubicle or what, what was going on? <laughs> well, uh, to be honest with you, I, uh, I got started right out of high school. I decided that I um, didn't want to go to college. Um, I really didn't like school very much, to be honest with you. Didn't didn't think I could put uh, myself through a couple more years. So I got right in the workforce, and I always had an interest in building things and kind of you know, working with my hands and tinkering with stuff. Uh, so I actually got into uh, the construction trades, uh, you know, doing like remodeling type work, working on houses, that kind of stuff. Uh, that's basically, you know, kind of what I did for, um, you know, the few years after high school before I kind of, you know, started to kind of try to, uh, you know, uh, become an entrepreneur and kind of learn about business and things like that. Um, so really, you know, just for a few years, I, I worked as a construction worker. Okay. All right. And um, so what, when did Have you stop company with that or? No, you... I worked for somebody. Um, I, uh, I actually worked, I started out working for um, a good friend of the family. Uh, he kind of taught me a little bit, kind of took me under his wing. And then um, I kind of moved on and worked for a couple other different companies, just trying to kind of learn as much as I could. And that was kind of my thought was, you know, if I learn as much as I could, you know, maybe this would be the type of business I want to run, uh, you know, and, I wanted to kind of stay in the construction type world and, you know, always be active doing something. That's kind of what I wanted to do. So That's cool. So that kind of got you an introduction to the residential business. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. What happened was um, it was kind of funny. Uh, around like 2005, 2006, uh, there was a TV show that came out. I know you guys are going to be familiar with it. It was called Flip This House or Flip uh-huh. That House where the guys would – fix the properties up and they would sell them. Yeah, I've heard of it. (laughs) And uh, that show show. was actually what like really got my wheels turning and really got me kind of excited about, you know, uh, entrepreneurship and like creating a business, Um, you know, so that's kind of where I got my start and that kind of led me into real estate. Um, At first, I mean, I had no, no clue about real estate before that. I mean, I just knew that I wanted to work on houses and try to create a business. But uh, once I saw that TV show, I thought to myself, you know, these guys, you know, in, in one hour, you know, time frame, it made it look so easy to go out and buy these houses, <laughs> spend all the time rehabbing them, and then, you know, sell them the first day they put them on the market and uh, make you know forty, fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars on the deal. So that's that's what kind of got me intrigued about real estate. Right. So, what uh, what did you did you go to buy some courses? Did you um, what did no. you do? Well, surprisingly, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't really do much research at all, to be honest with you. I was very young. I was, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old, and I thought, you know, I, I could do anything, basically. Um, you know, I just figured I would go out. I, I kind of thought I knew everything that I needed to know already because I knew how to flip the house. I would do all the work myself, and I would make even more money than what they did because, you know, I would do it all myself. So I, I went out, and I looked, and I looked, and looked, trying to find somebody that would finance me. 
uh, to give me my first loan. I mean, because like I said, I was a, a young kid, had no, uh, you know, no real credit or anything like that. Um, you know, and, and nobody would give me a loan, to be honest with you. Like it was, it was horrible. So like after months and months and months, like begging my parents, they finally decided that they would help me on my first house. They would, you know, get the loan. We would flip the house and we would split the profits. And, yeah. uh, so literally, I mean, I, I begged them for months and months and months. They finally agreed. Uh, we bought our first house. I had no idea about, you know, picking the right neighborhood, picking the right house. All I knew was the construction side of things. And that was really it. And, uh, so we flipped our first house and it was a complete total failure. I mean, we lost a ton of money, spent a ton of time. I, uh, I mean, it was just a complete nightmare to be honest with you. The first yeah. deal was horrible. And, uh, you know, me being as, you know, hard headed as I was, I decided, you know, I'll learn from my mistakes. I'll, you know, do another property and, uh, you know, things will be much better. But of course I couldn't get a loan again. My parents would, uh, would not do another deal with me. You know, they, they lost enough money. They were, you know, real upset about the whole thing. So I finally find, found somebody to finance me and I did another deal, which was successful. And that kind of springboarded me into real estate investing. And for the first, you know, year and a half or so of my real estate business, all I was doing was rehabbing. This was whenever the market was hot and, uh, you know, you couldn't really, you couldn't really do bad in real estate. You know, the market was so good. So I was able to kind of build up a business where I was flipping lots and lots and lots of properties. And what years, what years were this, was this again? Um, this is probably starting in 2005 up until about like, uh, 2008 or so. Um, so kind of the, the market was starting to kind of turn a little bit and I ended up getting stuck holding on to about five or six properties that, uh, that I just couldn't sell. And literally, I mean, it was, it was horrible. All the money that I had made, you know, I was a young kid, I was spending it all. I didn't really have a whole lot to show for it. And I got stuck holding on all these properties. I was paying monthly mortgages on them. I was paying, you know, taxes, insurance, the whole nine yards. And literally I on the brink of bankrupt. I was able to, you know, finally get rid of some of the properties. And, uh, that's whenever I had learned about wholesaling. Basically I was looking for other, uh, ways to, to generate uh, money since, I mean, I was literally, you know, just barely making ends meet, you know, uh, covering the, the mortgage payments on these properties and stuff like that, which was a huge change from kind of how things were going. And I was invited to a group, uh, here in St. Louis, it was called the street, uh, but yeah. this was before the street was really the, the street that it is right now. Yeah. Um, and it was a small little group of investors, maybe five or 10 people that would get together and talk about, you know, different real estate investment strategies. And that's whenever I was introduced to wholesaling. And that's how I was able to kind of really pull myself kind of out of the ditch there. And, uh, you know, I was able to unload the properties that I had and I was able to start actually, you know, um, understanding real estate and how it worked and learn about uh, wholesaling. And that's how I was able to kind of, um, you know, really get into real estate. And that's kind of where I'm at today. You know, I've kind of fell in love with the idea of wholesaling and I just kind of have turned it into, you know, a, a business and it's, uh, it's done me extremely well. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful every day for going to that meeting because that's what kind of pulled me out of, you know, bankruptcy yep. basically. Why, why wholesaling though, Brian? What do you like about wholesaling? Well, the idea for me that I like so much about it is that there isn't a lot of risk compared to what I was doing before. Um, you know, I thought it, there wasn't a whole lot of risk because, you know, I yeah. was doing so well. And then, you know, as the market kind of shifted and I, of course, wasn't really that knowledgeable about real estate, it was, it was really difficult, you know, and I found out, I mean, I could 
lose a lot by, you know, fixing these properties up and not being educated was, was the main mistake there. Uh, but you know, it was, it was so appealing to me that, you know, I was able to turn these properties quickly. I wasn't putting in my own money into it. I wasn't spending a month of my own time working on the property. I was able to, uh, you know, go out and actually, you know, find good properties. I was able to put them under contract without, you know, worrying about trying to find a loan or somebody to finance me. Um, so that's what really kind of made it appealing for me was just the idea of less risk uh, since I was already in such a, a bad situation. Right. So um, that's every reason why I love wholesaling <laughs> because um, it, there, there's, there's quicker money to be made in it. You don't have to take the risk of rehabbing. But as what uh, a lot of us know – um, you you do the wholesaling to pay the bills, and you do the rehabbing to make the big paychecks when exactly. you've got the bills paid, and uh, that's what Alex is doing a lot more of. I, I my first two rehabs were miserable failures, and uh, lost a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I know what you're saying. Rehab is not rehabbing is not for the uh, faint at heart. Um, but it is a great way to make good money, I think. And that's why Alex and I preach wholesaling so much is because um, wholesaling will pay the bills and cover your expenses. And when you're good at wholesaling, you're good at finding deals, you can keep all the really good deals for yourself, right? Exactly. Well, wholesaling got me out of my uh, financial situation too. When I, uh, I, I mean, when I first started to get going, when I bought my first property on a lease option, or yeah. somebody assigned me the lease option or whatever it was um, to get rid of it, I wholesaled it. Although my first in- original intention was to do a sandwich uh, lease option, and the lady would buy for me, and she almost did. But she didn't, and then left me making the payment, and I had to wholesale it to get rid of it. <laughs> right. But the point is you can wholesale anything, right? Yep. You could wholesale notes. You could wholesale owner financing deals. You could wholesale lease options. You mainly go after deals with lots of equity, Brian, right, and wholesale I do. Deals. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I kind of find um, you know, in my business, I, I like to target a lot of motivated sellers. I don't do a whole lot of REOs or MLS properties. Um, it just really isn't something that I really have ever, has ever really been interested in. Um, so yeah. I really just kind of stuck with, um, you know, finding motivated sellers that have lots of equity. That's been kind of my niche that I kind of carved out for myself. Well, let's talk about that. How do you find motivated sellers with equity? That's a great question. Um, and to be honest with you, there are a ton of ways. Um, I've tried, you know, thousands of different things over the years. And I spent tons and tons of money. You know, most of them didn't work at all. There are a few, you know, really great ones that work extremely well. Um, for my business, it's predominantly uh, direct mail. Ah, oh, no wonder we like you so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Go on. Direct yeah, mail. Direct mail is really the biggest way that I've been able to um, kind of really grow and expand my business. Uh, but I mean, at first when I got started, I didn't have any money. So um, there's a couple other different options that you can do you don't have money. Um, I do a lot with Craigslist. Um, Craigslist really wasn't something I used in my business for a long time. Uh, but I actually now I have a virtual assistant and I also have um, a couple of uh, uh, different softwares that you know that you can use as well. But I have a virtual assistant each morning that she goes out and she uh, pulls uh, different searches on sites like Craigslist. You can do it on 
any online classified site that has real estate, uh, but we'll search for anybody that has a house uh, for sale by owner that, uh, you know, we search for certain keywords. Like, for example, you can search for motivated seller, must sell, um, any kind of keyword like that. Uh, so we yeah. contact them on a daily basis and uh, we get a, a ton of amazing leads from that. Um, and one do of the find, things. Do you find sorry? a lot of those are other wholesalers trying to sell their properties or well, what's your um, percentage on that, would you say? To be honest with you, um, you know, I would say it's about uh, 75% of actual real homeowners. The other 25% is investors. And the reason really? is because, and the reason is it's because of the keywords that I search for. Um, a lot of the investors are going to put in stuff like handyman special, fixer upper. They're going to put in a lot of stuff that like what we know as investors to put in an ad. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you target certain keywords, um, you know, you're going to find a lot of homeowners and some of the, the biggest keywords are must sell, you know, um, things like, uh, motivated, motivated seller. Um, there's just a lot of little certain keywords that you can use. And there's some other softwares out there um, that uh, that you can do to kind of automate that stuff as well. But um, really just going out manually each day and just, you know, plugging in the information and, and you can do a, a quick little search. And uh, what I like to do, I send a very generic email out to everybody that we contact. Uh, the email is real simple. It just says, hi, you know, my name is Brian Haskins. I saw your ad posted on Craigslist or whatever website it is. Um, you know, looks like a property that I might be interested in. How negotiable are you on your price? So then what I do is I send those emails out every day and then I just wait for the responses from the other people or I wait for the responses from the people. And those are the people that I, that I focus on just, just the actual people that respond back. Um, and we just contact them on a, on a daily basis, any new leads. Um, you know, typically there's going to be anywhere from five to maybe 15 new leads, uh, depending on how many keywords you're searching. Um, so it's you can get some pretty good leads on a, on a daily basis. Now, if you were just to start out today and type that information in there, um, you know, typically in St. Louis, there's going to be about 100 to 150 people probably that you could uh, start contacting. So um, are you sending the emails, Brian, to the um, to the actual Craigslist anonymous email or what are you doing? Yeah. Unless they have their own email posted, I'll just send it through the Craigslist. Uh, but does Craigslist start blocking your emails after you send so many? What What are you doing there? Um, they really haven't um, started blocking them. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm only sending out anywhere from five to maybe ten or fifteen a day, so it's not a not a whole bunch. It's okay. Not a whole bunch. Uh, so it's not like a mass email. Um, and another thing too to kind of um, add to that, one of the things that I've started doing in the last couple of months is not only targeting just people that have houses for sale by owner, uh, but I'm also targeting people that have houses for rent uh, because a lot of the people that have houses for rent, um, you know, they're kind of in a situation where they might be motivated as well. Just like, you know, with direct mail, I target a lot of absentee owners. Um, I've started targeting uh, people that have houses for rent. I tend to stick to the lower end of the um the spectrum, like maybe, for example, like if your average rent is 700 to like 1400, you might want to stick to people like that are having houses posted for like a thousand dollars and under. Yeah. Um, those are the people maybe that don't necessarily have a whole lot of cash flow and they maybe have it listed for a couple of months. Um, when, and maybe, you know, they just put some money into the property and they're kind of strapped for cash. I mean, those people are, are very, good people to contact. They might be kind of motivated and you can also search for keywords in the, in there as well, like must rent motivated. 
uh, might sell. Uh, you know, you can even um, go a little more in depth, you know, if you wanted to. And, um, but there's, that's a, a great other market to kind of look into as well. It's something that I've been kind of testing with the last couple of months and it seems to be working really well. You know, you could also have a VA call those ads up I mean, if they have a phone number. Definitely. Um, or send them text messages. Yeah, that's awesome. When I market on Craigslist for lease lease options, I'm always targeting homes that are over a thousand dollars. But I could certainly, and I've 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 always known I can do this, but I've never really have done it yet. Um, start targeting homes with rents under a th- under a hundred thousand dollars. And before, I've always excluded two bedrooms, but I could start including two bedrooms, mm-hmm. and just send them marketing, ask them if they want to sell. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. So you're just sending emails. You'll send five to 10 or 15 a day, five to 15 a day. Yeah. And the reason I'm only doing the emails is because I only want to deal with the most motivated people. I don't want to try to sell them on the idea of selling their house or I don't want to have to deal with a whole lot of people. I want them to be motivated enough to contact me back. And that's whenever I'll start to try to you know, open up the lines of communication with them. I want them to at least respond to my email and kind of let me know that they are in fact motivated and willing to take a discount. So that's kind of my thought behind it. But I, I definitely think it's worth testing out the idea of calling them because uh, yeah. it, it can only help, you know. I just did a search in Craigslist here for must sell, and I found a bunch of them. There's one guy here asking 45000 for a three-bedroom. doesn't say where. Um, but he says, I have a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath home, needs just cosmetic repairs. ARV is 96000 Want serious cash buyers only. No daisy chains, please. Sounds <laughs> like a wholesaler to me. Well, yeah, I thought so, too. I thought so, too. ARV. Yep. That's what gave it away for me, too. Well, daisy he says, chain. no daisy chains, please. I mean, who says that? Uh, I've never even heard of that, to be honest with you. A daisy chain is when you have a wholesale of a wholesale of a wholesale of a wholesale of a wholesale. <laughs> I gotcha. That makes sense. Well, I'm thinking maybe he's not a wholesaler because he's using this this phrase, no daisy chains. Maybe he's been burned before. Right. He says, must be able to close in 14 days. Then he says, no owner financing. If interested, please email me and I'll send you pics and info. Only serious inquiries. I don't know. It would be worth a shot sending a mail to, uh, an email to him. Yeah, I mean, not but, everyone is going to be a, an actual true homeowner, but I mean, you are going to get uh, quite a bit, and it's free leads. You might as well call them every day, and you know that's going to be something that you can literally implement today. You can do a search, and that's going to be leads you didn't have before. So you might pick a deal or what, two up. From that. What software do you use, Brian? Um, there's a software out there. Um, I was actually an original beta tester of it. Um, it is, I, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Um, I can send you guys a link if you want, and you guys can decide if you want to post it or not. Uh, sure. but basically what it does, it goes out there and searches on a daily basis for you. Um, you enter in all your keywords and your negative keywords and like you upload the emails you want to send out and basically you set it up one time and it does it on a daily basis for you. Um, so you don't even have to go out and search every day. Um, and I can't so not even name it off the top of my you head. don't even need a VA to do that for you. No, once you set it up, once it's done. Wow, I want yeah, it's a really powerful software. piece of software. Um, but like I said, I'm, I can send you guys the information. You guys can post it up on the blog um, if you guys want to. Yeah, that. I used to. I used to have. I know a guy who used to have a software that does that, mm-hmm. and um, he stopped. It still works, but 
every once in a while something will happen and you need to send him an email and ask him to fix it and then he'll fix it. But he got real tired of providing all the customer support, so he stopped supporting it. Um, just not enough profit in it for him, I guess. But I have heard of these things, and um, you just got to be careful that you don't send too many all at once or else Craigslist will start blocking you, right? Right. Yeah, there's a little, you know, um, there's a little bit of um, – you have to kind of ease into it a little bit, you know, and, and it's going to be kind of a work in progress. You know, if you have something that's going to be automated, that's why you can use negative keywords as well as, you know, keywords that you search for. And there's, there's some testing and tweaking. It takes you a couple of weeks to kind of get it all good to go because you have to kind of get the software thinking and the right mindset that you would think if you were manually checking the ads and stuff like that. So it uh, it's not, um, you know, something that, you can set it up immediately and, and just be done with it. But, you know, after a week or two of kind of playing with it, you can get it uh, tweaked kind of the way that you want it. It'll run for you on a daily basis. All right. Well, here's an ad right here I just saw. It's in St. Peter's. You know where St. Peter's is. It's a good area. Yep. He says, beautiful home, resides on a huge corner lot. This house is part of an estate, and I must sell it. There you go. Yeah. So I'm just going to send uh, – he says your price will be reasonably negotiable, and the only contingency will be financing and occupancy inspection. Okay, fine. I'll give him a financing and contingency. So that's a uh, free lead. I mean, that that's yeah. awesome. You just didn't do any work, probably. You just typed in the Craigslist, and you can find those every day. So I'm going to send him an email right now. <laughs> I probably already emailed him today, so he's now, going to first. Hey, I'm going to add on here. If somebody else sends you an email, just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Anybody schmuck. named Brian Haskins, just ignore that guy. He's a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> nice. A little friendly competition never hurt anybody. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm writing it right now. I saw your house on Craigslist. What? Looks nice? Yeah, it looks like something I might be interested in. Looks like something I might be interested in. How negotiable. How negotiable are you? Yeah, or something along those lines. Just try to find out where he's at, you know, find out what their motivation is, basically. Thanks. Schmuck Joe. is helping you out. <laughs> I'll put my I, phone number on here. I want a finder's fee on this if I uh... – I'll give it to you. <laughs> All right, I just sent it. I put my cell phone number on there. So I'll let you know. <laughs> but uh, you're absolutely right. Craigslist is a great source for leads. I've always – it's always been my favorite for lease option deals, um, but you could certainly use them for just uh, regular traditional wholesaling deals. Exactly. And uh, yeah, this house, the kitchen needs updating. It needs a good 20, 30 grand in it that you could probably negotiate. Ugly wallpaper, pink walls. It's got the uh, the wood laminate countertops. Nice. <laughs> Anyway, uh, and wood paneling on the walls. Cool. So um, you you do some Craigslist. What other kind of creative marketing things do you do? Um, well, as far as like low cost and no cost strategies, um, the only other couple things that I focus on, um, it it's something that whenever I kind of first got started, you always hear people talk about business cards and like flyers and banded signs and uh, going out and knocking on doors, that kind of stuff. And like that stuff to me, it didn't work uh, at all. Like, I mean, it was just kind of a huge waste of time. I never had anybody that called me off of that stuff. And uh, a couple of years ago in my business, I wanted to kind of 
look at all that different stuff and see how I can actually make it work for myself. So I kind of tweaked it a little bit and, uh, it's actually working a lot for us in our business. And it's one of the things that I'm still doing, uh, on a regular basis. Uh, and I call it, I turned it into like a twofold marketing approach. So instead of just sending out, uh, you know, on your business cards, um, you know, we buy houses or I'll buy your house for cash, whatever, you know, knocking on doors, putting flyers up, that kind of stuff. Um, I do, um, two different things now. I, I put on there something like, you know, I'll buy your home today for cash. But then I also put on there, it says, you know, if you or anybody you know is looking to sell a property, we pay finder's fees. Um, so just by like tweaking, uh, some of that stuff, I mean, it, it works amazing right now. I mean, before you're only targeting such a small amount of people that might want to sell, um, you know, you have to catch them in the right motivation and stuff like that. But in today's market with, you know, uh, the amount of people out of jobs and just the idea of them being able to refer a house to you and you would pay them a small finder's fee, it's really appealing. So I get literally, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times more responses from, my marketing just by kind of tweaking it a little bit. So um, one of the things that's worked really well for me is choosing targeted neighborhoods and going out and either putting like door hangers or sticky notes or something on all the doors. And on there, it just says, you know, I'll buy your home today for cash with my phone number. And then on there, it also says, you know, if you or anybody you knows looking to sell a property, um, you know, I'll pay you a finder's fee. And it does a couple things for me by doing that. It, um, allows me to go through and put one on every door. So anybody that knows of properties, let's say in the area, if there are some, you know, vacant properties in somebody's neighborhood, they want to kind of clean up or whatever, they're going to call me right away. So I'm going to know about the, the prop, the properties in there. You're also going to get like nosy neighbors that are calling saying, you know, I know about this person down here. He might be going into foreclosure and this and that. So you find out about potential properties that you can market to. Wow. Um, it also gives you an instant in with all the neighbors so, for example, if you were to go and just walk through a neighborhood and you found a vacant property, it's kind of difficult for you to kind of go back and try to research and find out the contact information for that particular vacant house. But if you went and you marketed to all the neighbors already and they know that you're going to pay them a finder's fee, um, you know, and you come up and approach them, they're going to be a lot more willing to give you any information. And a lot of times, if there's a vacant property, at least one of the neighbors around it, you know, one of the four or five neighbors surrounding the property will probably have maybe a phone number, some kind of contact information, maybe an address that they moved to. So it's going to kind of give you an instant in with the neighbors. And another thing that I use it for is if I put it in a neighborhood, I'll go through a couple days afterwards and any house that still has the flyer, sticky note, door hanger, whatever on the door, yeah. you pretty much know that it's a vacant property. So um, just by doing uh, a little tweaking to like some old classics, I mean, that don't really work that well, mm-hmm. you can get them to really uh, do a lot for you in your business. So that's one of the things that works really well. And I do that a lot on any of my marketing now. So instead of just marketing We Buy Houses, if you market on there that you offer finder's fees, you're going to get a ton more responses. And one of the things that's worked the best for me is with business cards. I mean, before I handed out thousands of business cards, I would leave stacks of business cards places and I never got a single phone call. I mean, I've, I've tried everything. I, I bought ink pens and left ink pens behind, um, all kinds of stuff. None of it ever worked. And one of the things I've done with my business cards is I bought those business cards that look like folded over hundred dollar bills. You ever seen those before? Oh, I got a bunch of them in my car. <laughs> yeah. They work amazing. And what yep. I do 
is I put on the inside, you know, that we pay finder's fees if you know anybody that's looking to sell a property. So anybody that sees one of those cards, they look so realistic. They're going to stop and pick it up no matter what. And if they were to open that up and just see, you know, we buy houses, more than likely that person's not in the, in the market to sell a house. So they're just going to throw your business card down. But if you put on there that, you know, we pay finder's fees, if you know anybody looking to sell a house, they're going to throw that card in their pocket and they're going to keep an eye out maybe for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. If they see any properties, they're going to call you because they're going to want to try to make a couple hundred bucks or whatever you're offering for finder's fees. So that's really boosted my marketing a ton. Um, so that, that's really just one of the biggest tips I can give you as far as like low cost stuff because everybody's still telling you to go out and do those things, but they don't really work that well if you're just targeting people and that, that are looking to sell a property. Um, this is a great way to kind of build up uh, your list and have people actually out there trying to find properties for you. I like that a lot. That's awesome. Um, I've done flyers before, um, actually post-it notes, and found somebody uh, that did it real cheap. It worked out to be about $0.12 cents per post-it note delivered stuck on a door. It's not bad. Um, oh, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. And so you target a neighborhood, and I was surprised how many, how small of an area. I would do like 4,000 at a time. Right. You would think, you know, 4,000 homes, that would be like, you know, uh, 20 city blocks or whatever. But it was, it's actually pretty small. You go through those really quick. These, this guy would have three guys helping him, and he would deliver 4,000 Post-it notes within a few hours, with ha- half a day. Um. But yeah, I got great responses from that. A lot of, not a lot. I would get some angry calls because they would put these post-it notes on houses that had realtor signs in them. Oh yeah, you definitely and, uh, don't want to do that. Uh, the realtors would call me all ticked off, and uh, God bless realtors, I love them. <laughs> but uh, cool. All right, so um, I love that idea of putting the looking for referrals and leads. Um, you know, and you might even consider putting in. Uh, Putting in a higher referral fee. I mean, because if you can, if the price is right, you know, and you can make ten thousand on a deal, why don't you, maybe you should offer a thousand dollar referral fee or more. But because um, then they'll even work harder for you, and, and you don't have to pay them um, that referral fee if the if the numbers aren't going to work. But you know, right. just Everything while you negotiable. were talking, you know, I just while you were talking, I looked on Craigslist here and I found another great lead it says mother is in nursing home i'm motivated to sell must sell now lease purchase will be considered <laughs> it says 28000 or best reasonable offer as is by owner go offer $5000 she'll take it well why not i'll call her after <laughs> we're done here but uh, and her name is evelyn so what does that tell you she's probably in her 60s yeah. Mother's in a nursing home. Um, so I'll, you know, I'd give her a fair offer for sure. But this is a good area. Anyway, um, let's talk about direct mail, Brian, because that's something that you are very, very good at. And um, why do you like direct mail so much? Well, you've already mentioned it, but right. maybe I wasn't paying attention. Well, Sorry. with direct mail, <laughs> the reason I like it so much is because it's very consistent. Uh, yeah. When I was first getting started, I would – I would work so hard trying to go out and I would, you know, spend so much of my time marketing and doing all these, you know, all these things that people tell you to go out and do whenever you first learn how to do it. And you might get a deal here. You might get a deal a couple months later and that just wasn't going to fly for me. I had to, you know, create an income for myself. So 
Um, direct mail was so appealing to me because it's consistent and it's also a great way to scale a business. So if you're already generating maybe a deal or, or two a month and you have some income coming in, it's a great time to start kind of reinvesting your business and you can do that and kind of scale your business up and grow it with direct mail. Um, so that's, that's really the main reason why I got into it. And I have to say it was an extremely rocky start. I mean, it was horrible at first for me because I had no idea what list to market to. I had no idea what to say on the, on the, the par- postcards and the letters. I mean, it, it took me a very long time. Uh, but once I kind of got it figured out, it, uh, it's definitely, uh, really kind of been the way that I've been able to really kind of scale my business up and grow it. Well, in general, what does your postcard say? Brian. Um, well, for like absentee owners, uh, a couple of quick tips that you can use uh, that'll really help boost your sales. Um, I always put, I always reference the address of the property. Um, so, for example, if I was contacting the absentee owner, I would, you know, say, um, you know, I'm looking to buy a property near one that you own at this address. And if you put their name and stuff in the postcard, it's going to really help you out a lot because they're going to see that. I'm like, oh wow, you know, like my name's in here. They're going to keep reading. They're going to be intrigued. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that's really helped conversions a ton. Uh, I use a yellow postcard. That's really worked out a lot for me uh, with like black text, and you can just you know get those sent out pretty much anywhere. Uh, right. But just a real simple you know message, just tell them you know I'm looking to buy a property. Let them know that I'm a serious investor that I can pay cash, no contingencies. You know it'll be a real simple transaction. Um, you know that's a just a real great uh, postcard that you can just use and send that out to absentee owners. Right, so it's a yellow, ugly, typed, written, personalized postcard. Exactly, yeah. The personalization is the key, you know, because that's what's really intrigued them. Because more than likely, if they just, you know, saw that they're that you're looking to buy a house near one that they own, they're not going to really know anything about it. It might not intrigue them enough to continue reading. So, um, I would highly recommend you use that. And we we've talked about this a lot on the show before, but you know. Uh, the glossy pictures, photos do not work. They're right. not all they're cracked up to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, do the uh, opposite of what realtors do. Anything oh, that a real estate agent do, do the opposite. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed recently a realtor. He actually runs a Keller Williams office. You know Matt Shreves. Yeah. And a uh, great guy, and he's an investor at heart, but a realtor on the outside. And uh, But, yeah, that's one of his biggest pet peeves, you know, um, Realtors, what the problem with a lot of people that do marketing, not just realtors. Um, which, by the way, I am working on getting my license. I think, aren't you licensed, Brian? I got rid of that a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, how was it? Oh, yeah. Part of the problem with a lot of our marketing today is we look to see what other people are doing, not really thinking about if they know what they're doing or not, right? So if we see a realtor in town that's doing a lot of different marketing and they got these goofy play on words with their last names, you know. We think that we have to do that. Um, or if we see that the, they're sending this postcard with uh, that only talks about them and how great they are and how many listings they sell, we think, oh, well, they're doing that. I must do that as well. It just it's that's not a smart way to create your marketing. Because if you were to ask every one of those realtors, okay, come on now, sending that postcard out or putting that real expensive ad in the magazine at the grocery stores, are you really getting listings from that? And uh, you'll find out they're really struggling. The best marketing, and I've seen this in my own business. I know people who've spent tons of money on marketing. The best marketing out there is the direct response marketing. You need to talk about and think about 
in your marketing? What's in it for them, right? And how can you make it not look spammy and professional? How can you make it look plain Jane? And um, I think that there's really, really a key to that. And um, a lot of investors have, have it figured out. And why uh, realtors have not figured that out yet, I don't know. But, I mean, even your websites, Brian, they're real simple, right? When a seller goes to your website, do they see uh, a menu with 30 different things in it and uh, 20 different reports they can download? And No, <laughs> you're right on the money there now. So what do they see when they go to your website? Uh, real simple. Um, you know, if, if, they, if it's for motivated sellers, I just have uh, basically a page that tells them about what I can do for them and how I can solve the situation that they're in specifically. And then basically an opt-in box where they can uh, fill out their information to sell their house. It's just real simple like that. Good. Well, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more too, Brian, about um, your follow-up systems and how you use your VAs to follow up with your sellers. Um, what do you do when a, when a seller calls you in response to your marketing? Where does that lead? Where does that call go? Um, that call gets answered live. Um, well, the way that my phone system is set up, I, I pre-screen people. Uh, I have them go to uh, like a, an actual uh, script that they listen to. And the script is just real simple. It talks about, you know, what I can do for them and who I help. And uh, then I tell them, you know, you know, if you're motivated and are ready to sell, you know, press one and you can speak to somebody live. And then it goes to somebody that answers the phones. And then, you know, from there, they collect all the information about the property. And then we determine, you know, if it's a deal that we want to pursue. If so, then, of course, an appointment gets set and kind of goes on from there. Um, that's that's the basic process of whenever a lead comes in, how it, how it happens. Okay, so do you have – is it somebody local here in St. Louis that answers the phone? It is, yeah. Um, but for, like, a lot of my follow-up calls and things like that, I have a, um, a virtual assistant that, that handles all um, the the outbound calls and things like that. Okay. Then, um, so that the person answers the phone, uh, do sellers ever just leave a message then? Um, typically not. Um, I have my phones uh, answered live basically from like 8 a.m. to like 6.30 at night. And then if anybody calls after that, um, typically they're, they're guided to a voicemail. Um, but I don't get a whole lot. Um, a lot of times people call during business hours for the most part. Okay. I'm looking here. Um, I have a great script that you could use for sellers. And, um, well, if I find it here, I'll put it into the show notes. Um, I know Alex does. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay, listen to this. Um, hey, thanks for calling. You know, buying properties from people is something I've been doing for quite a few years now. And in that time, as I've bought lots and lots of property, I've learned a few things along the way to make the selling process simple, easy, and painless. Okay, This guy who wrote this is thinking about what is in the seller's mind, what's in it for them, right? So he's telling them right up front, uh, I can help you uh, with the selling process that's simple, easy, and painless. If you need to sell quickly but don't want to deal with a lot of closing costs, possibly you've been transferred or you're just, being a, you're just a tired landlord, or you're starting at, or you're staring at some of life's other crazy problems. 
you might not have much equity or maybe you even owe more than the property is worth. You know what? There are things we can do to get you squared away. And if the numbers are right, yes, I will write you a check for your equity today. It probably won't be a big check, but it's likely to be enough to get where you're going, whatever your situation might be. So he's he, this guy is actually doing some uh, creative financing as well. Who wrote Who wrote that? That sounds familiar, and it sounds very good. Yeah, I um, the guy from BanditSigns.com. Bandit Sign. I forget his name. Um, his name? Do you want me to say it? Yeah, David Alexander. David Alexander. Yeah, that's right from BanditSigns.com, and he gave this away for free. So I'm sorry, I, I should have given him credit for that. Um, okay, so then I love this next part here. He says, now I can only really work with people who want to get things taken care of immediately. So if you're calling because you're just kind of curious and really don't have a real estate problem, then about all I can do is wish you the best of luck with your property. But if you need an immediate sale, leave your name and phone number and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And then listen to this. But on the other hand, if you absolutely want this property out of your life today because you've decided to move on, then give me a call on my cell phone. You can reach me at, and he gives the phone number for his cell phone. He says, I only give that number out to folks who want me to drop everything, swing by, and write up an offer that works for both of us on the spot. So if you're ready to get your place sold today, just say the word. Again, that number is, and he leaves the cell phone number, and my name is Joe. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Beep, and there's the voicemail. But I love that because it's very simple and friendly, and he's he's explaining their problems and how he can buy their house simple, easily, and painlessly. Um, but then he's like, okay, if you really are really motivated and you're ready to go and you want me to drop everything and come to your house today, then here's my cell phone. Give me a call. Otherwise, leave me a message, and I'll see what I can do to help you. You see that difference there? I like it. Did I lose you guys? Oh, no, it's good. No, I'm I like it a lot. I was, was oh, going to yeah. say that's... Uh, You're speechless. I know. That's a, um, you know, uh, good luck and don't let the door hit you or the good Lord split you approach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, all right, so um, we were talking about direct mail and we were talking about how your leads, they listen to a voice message, something similar to that, I, I imagine. Right. And uh, then they press one to talk to a live operator, and that's great. Um, and then, so they put the lead into what? What does the lead go into, Brian? Uh, Freedom Soft, and okay. uh, from there, you know, that way it's all kept in one place uh, because I have a couple different people that need to access those leads. Um, I, like I said, I have a virtual assistant that handles all the follow-up. So, for example, if somebody would call in and um, let's say that. Uh, Maybe they left a message or they called in and just hung up. I have a virtual assistant that'll try to reach them back again. Um, or anybody that uh, maybe, you know, um, they have a good property that I think I might be able to make a deal. But if they're just too far off on the numbers, I put them into like a follow-up series and I have a virtual assistant call them as well as we send out some direct mail to them. Um, so I put them in a system like FreedomSoft uh, just to kind of, be able to access them, be able to see notes about them, and then yeah. be able to kind of update all the information and things like that. Does your VA pull comps on a property? or once I guess once you determine that it might be a deal, uh, do you get on the phone then and call them up? Uh, no, everything's all done. Um, like I 
I've taught them and I have systems set in place to where, um, you know, if they, um, if it's within certain percentages that we use or certain numbers for a certain area, um, then I'll have them go ahead and set the appointment on the call because it's a lot easier to go ahead and set the appointment first while you're on the call than try to call them back. Oh, yeah, this is brilliant. This is really brilliant. Listen to this, guys. <laughs> Pay attention. Yeah. So, right, it's, so it's always a lot easier just to be able to try to set the appointment. So what I'll do is if it you know fits the criteria that we're looking for, go ahead and set the appointment, and then it comes over to me, and I'll go ahead and evaluate the deal. And if I think maybe that they missed something, like if I think maybe it is a good enough deal, or if it is uh, a deal they went ahead and set an appointment on, and it turned out to not be as good after I looked at it, then it's easier to just go ahead and cancel the appointment since I've already got them. Basically, uh, it's a lot easier just to be able to cancel it than for me to be able to call them back and try to get a hold of them and try to schedule the appointment and all that. That is brilliant because sometimes a lot of what we do is you know we'll, we'll get the information then to say okay we'll call you back and then you try to call them back and you can't get a hold of them or you're playing phone tag and it gets frustrating and they already have you know given the deal to somebody else and you it's all about the speed of implementation so if you can get your VA to go ahead and make an appointment right then um if it meets certain criteria you can cancel that appointment or keep it and even if, you know, let's say the numbers that they say is their minimum is too high, you can always call them back and say, you know what, I really don't want to waste your time. Um, I'm looking here and I can see some active properties that are $10,000 less than what you're asking for. Um, am I going to be wasting your time if I try to make something, in, make an offer in this price range? You know, and see what they say. They may say, yeah. oh, well, yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize there were those kinds of homes over there. and. So then you just you know you haven't wasted your time, um, and then you you I love it. You keep the appointments then with the people who are most motivated and ready to go. Yep, um, that's good, really good. Um, in fact, Alex takes it a step further. For those of you guys who have not listened to our free cash survival kit, um, Alex Alex's VA goes ahead and makes an offer based on some predetermined um, calculations goes ahead and makes the offers and sees what the sellers say. But um, you, you'll, you'll run yourself crazy if you start taking all these calls yourself, right, and, and try to handle it yourself. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, and, you know, for the people that are listening that maybe still have a full-time job and can't answer the phones live or can't afford to answer the phones live, one of the things that worked really well for me at first before I was able to kind of automate this and hire somebody to do it, um, I had a – uh, just a real simple phone system set in place. And when people would call in, they would listen to a message like I described. And then I would still say, if you want to speak to somebody live right now, you can press one to be connected uh, to me. And uh, what I would do is I would just send them to a voicemail, but I would, uh, I was able to, with my system set it up so I could uh, determine how many times the phone would ring before it would go to voicemail. So I would set it to ring like five times. And then from my voicemail box, it said, how you reached the personal cell phone of Brian Haskins. I can't get to your call right now. Just leave yeah. me a detailed message and I'll get right back to you. So people actually thought that I was uh, sending them to my cell phone um, instead of sending them to like just a generic uh, voicemail box. That worked extremely well. And then um, I would just call them back uh, whenever I had time or however. Um, so that, that's a really great idea for anybody that can't afford to have somebody take your calls live. That's good. Um, you know, let's say the, I, I do use a service from Voice Connect, by the way. 
sometimes on some of my marketing from voiceconnect.com, I think it is, or just Google Voice Connect, where they do offer live operator services. It is kind of pricey and expensive, um, but if you can swing it um, and you don't want to hire your own VA or your own assistant to answer the calls, you can always use a service like Voice Connect. Um, they probably will not schedule the appointments for you, um, but they'll at least ask some questions that you give them. Good. Um, Brian, talk about um, – you have a lot of systems. I mean, this could be a whole nother podcast episode, um, but – Talk a little bit about all of these VAs that you have. What are some of the things you have them doing? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, um, for my real estate investing business, what I have my virtual assistants do, things like marketing. Um, I have my virtual assistants uh, schedule all of my direct mail. Uh, and to do that, I use click to mail to send out all my postcards. And yeah. um, one of the cool things about click to mail.com and uh, they haven't always done this. It's been like I guess the last year or so. But you can actually schedule all your mailer, uh, all your mailers to go out for like a few months. Um, yeah. So I have a virtual assistant each month, and what she does is, since I send out so much direct mail, she goes in and actually schedules um, certain mailers to go out every single day. That way, we're not getting bombarded with calls like once a week or whatever. Um, so it's nice that I can uh, go in and schedule all my direct mail to go out in certain days. Uh, so I have a virtual assistant that does all that for me. I have a virtual assistant that pulls uh, all my marketing lists, my absentee owner list, probate list, and uh, some of the different lists that we use. Um, so they're responsible for doing all that. Um, you know, answering phones, making follow-up phone calls, uh, running comps, evaluating deals, uh, writing contracts, all that kind of stuff uh, are things that you can automate to a virtual assistant. Now, um, where do you get your list from, your absentee owners? Uh, absentee owners um, – I'm actually able to uh, pull my list for free. And I think I've talked with Alex about this before. Um, on the MLS, uh, there's a um, there's a part in the tax record search uh, that's usually um, called Realist. Yeah. Um, and through Realist, uh, if you're a realtor, um, you can actually pull, I think, 7,500 leads a month for free. Yeah. And you can just do a general search and you can get in there and you can uh, – um, you can pull absentee owners, but if you don't have access to that, um, sometimes in the property records, uh, if you, if your, uh, county has them online, sometimes they allow you to download records there. Uh, but if as a last resort, um, list or I'm sorry, uh, listsource.com, yeah. um, you can go on list source and you can, uh, pull absentee owner, uh, searches there. Now, how do you find free and clear properties? What's your trick trick for doing that? Well, to be honest with you, like I've never found a list of true, uh, free and clear. Uh, the only records that they have inside of ListSource are, uh, that are free and clear or 100% equity are the people that actually paid cash up front, which isn't necessarily the free and clear list you want. Okay, yeah, for the free and clear, uh, what I do is if you go into ListSource, um, you can actually pull um, uh, different reports based on, on equity. And a lot of times, uh, what the way that they calculate that is, uh, they'll actually go through and they'll find the people that have owned the property for a certain period of time without ever refinancing or without ever selling the property. Um, and that's how you can determine, you know, if it's, uh, how much equity they have. Uh, so for example, if you, you know, pull records that are like 30 years old that have never refinanced, that's typically going to be like a free and clear type property. 
Um, that's really the only way I've been able to find it. I've never found an actual list of free and clear people. Um, so that's, that's the way that I've been able to kind of do it. And what's cool about that is a lot of times you can choose how much equity you want. So if somebody has, let's say anywhere from 50 to 100% equity, I mean, that, that could be a, a pretty good lead. Uh, but one tip that I've done with free and clears that's worked really well for me is I always start with the oldest records first, the people that have owned the houses the longest, yeah. uh, kind of work my way towards the newest ones. Um, that's also a tip that I use for absentee owners as well, um, and that seemed to work really well for me. One thing that's interesting too with some of those lists when you download them is sometimes there will there will be no sale date um, on record, and that's because they bought the house before they started keeping those records, right? Correct. And so sometimes the only way you can find those leads is if you download all of the properties and then just filter out the ones that don't have a sales date. But um, interesting, very good. Um, list source is a great resource for those kinds of lists. And uh, in fact, the cool thing about list source is you can actually put in all your criteria and find out how many names you can download before you pay for it, right? Correct, yeah. And so you could even use list source to find out which zip codes um, are where most of the investor activity is. Because you can go into list source and say, pull me all the absentee owners that have bought a home in the last six months in this zip code. And it'll tell you how many names you have, right? And then you could do it for the next zip code, and it'll tell you how many names. And you can do this for 20, 30, 40 zip codes and just write down how many people have purchased homes in the last six months in that zip code, and then you can find out where all of the uh, investor activity is by doing that. That's, That's a great point. Yeah. Okay, so um, I just got a couple more questions. You've been real gracious with your time, and I know we're running out of time here. Um, if you were dropped in a new city, Brian – uh, let's say, let's say Tempe, Arizona, and you don't know anybody there. You uh, you only have a little bit of money. You have some, but you know, and, but you need to start making some cash, and you need to start wholesaling some deals uh, to pay for uh, your your uh, your. your <laughs> I was going to say something about you just got married recently. I was going to make some <laughs> bad, stupid joke about being married, but I won't. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so let's say uh, you need to make some money, do a deal. What are you going to do? What are some of the first things you'll do to, in this strange city you've never been to before? Uh, probably one of the first things I would do if I had zero money and I wanted to do a deal like immediately, um, I would probably go on ListSource uh, and, and do, do some research and try to find um, people that are buying a lot of properties. So, for example, people that have bought multiple properties in a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, I would probably contact them and try to find out exactly what they're looking for. Or I could just look in the tax record, see exactly where they're buying, what kinds of properties they've bought. I would do the research on the properties. Um, and then I would go out and just try to, I would just hit the streets and try to find something that kind of matched their criteria. Or I would start talking to other investors um, that have properties in that area and try to, you know, match them up with that buyer. Um, I mean, something along those lines would probably be the, the quickest way that I could think of without uh, spending any money at all. Um, you know, just go find out who the serious players are and then find properties that fit exactly what they're looking for and try to try to wholesale them that way. So how would you go out and find those properties? Um, I would probably uh, start looking for vacant properties. Uh, if I don't have a whole lot of money, 
um, or I would contact other wholesalers to try to find deals. Um, I mean, in a perfect world, I would just do some direct mail, but if I didn't have any money, um, you know, I'd have to try to go old school and just you know, go hit the streets and try to find properties that fit the criteria, just start calling around, calling other banded signs in the area, um, just try to try to find people that actually have properties there that I could match up with the, with the buyer that I have. Well, let's say you had $1,000. Would um, could you do a decent direct mail campaign with a thousand bucks? I could with probate. Uh, probably not with absentee owners. I mean, it would be kind of hit or miss uh, with absentee owners. It takes a little while to kind of build up. Yeah. But with probate, uh, you could definitely do a couple mailers uh, with a thousand dollars. But uh, you know, at first, I would still probably you know hit the street and try to find you know find out who's really actively buying lots of properties. Find out exactly what kinds of properties you're buying for, what price ranges, what exact streets that they're buying on. Uh, and I would go out and try to find uh, something that kind of fit their criteria and start knocking on doors or, um, you know, looking for vacant properties in that area and just find something I can try to uh, wholesale pretty quickly to them. Well, give us an idea. You know, if you're, if you're wholesaling a house is full time for a living and you're doing four to six a month, how much approximately would you be spending on direct mail for that many deals every month? Um, you're probably looking at about, I would say 10,000 or so. Um, okay. any from t- anywhere from 10 to 12,000. Now that sounds like a lot of money to people and it may be intimidating if mm-hmm. you're just getting started, but you slow that you build up to that point, right? Right. You definitely wouldn't start out there. I mean, you can definitely start with, you know, sending out maybe three to five thousand postcards a month to let's say like absentee owners. And, well, now did you say ten thousand postcards or ten thousand dollars? Oh, I was saying like ten thousand um, dollars. Okay, all right, good. In uh, marketing, which I mean, is a lot of postcards, but you know, if you start out, you know, if you're just looking to start out, you can start with maybe three to five thousand postcards, and uh, you can do that for less than a thousand dollars a month, and you can kind of build your way up to, um, you know, a larger campaign. I, Definitely wouldn't recommend dumping a whole lot into direct mail until you figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah. I mean, a big mistake a lot of people make is they have the bunch of some money and they start doing a bunch of direct mail all at once and they don't know how to convert the leads. Many times also, you don't get your deals until the second or third mailing. That's right? 100% true. Yeah. So the With key, mail. Oh, yeah. So the key then becomes consistency. Uh, you've got to be in it for the long term. You've got to say, all right, I'm going to do this for six months, and I'm going to make this work. And so um, I like the idea of, of uh, in click-to-mail, you can schedule your postcards to go out so you're not uh, bombarded with calls on any one particular day. That's good. So, yeah, but you've got to spend some money sometimes to make some money in real estate. Not sometimes. Usually you do. And uh, if you really spend money or time is what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Because you get you get people, Brian, that probably say, "Hey, I want to wholesale four deals a month, and I don't have any money." Yeah, it just may not be realistic. You can definitely build yourself up to it. I mean, like if you actually, like Alex said, put the time in, work on Craigslist, go out and use some of the techniques I, I taught you uh, and talked about, and all the stuff that you guys have taught them. I mean, you can build yourself up to that pretty quickly. Just you know, reinvest the profits that you get from your other deals, yeah. and then once once you got a little money saved up, start doing some direct mail, and it uh, it won't take you long. You just it's all about consistency, though. Well, yeah, and reinvesting your profits into marketing—that's key. Brian, you've been real gracious. Appreciate it. Where can people go to get more information about you? Do you have a couple of websites that you'd like to give out? Yeah, yeah they can. 
yeah, I, I appreciate it very much. Uh, if people want to go find out more uh, about me, they can just go to my website, uh, wholesaletheriches.com. Um, they can sign up there to get some information and, and learn more kind of about what I'm doing with real estate and virtual assistants. You've got some pretty amazing tools. In fact, right before um, we got on the show and started recording, we were talking about uh, a really cool tool, and I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, your websites. Um, you have – it's pretty amazing, the system that you have. Can you talk about that real quick? Sure. Um, basically, where I was at was I had so many people that were uh, coming to me, and students and, and people that I was coaching, and uh, they were looking for just a solution just, just to get started on, a, on a, a real limited budget for websites. And there weren't really a whole lot of options out there that were really that good. And uh, so what I did was I just hired somebody to make replicas of the exact websites that I was already using and just, uh, you know, to set them up so people could actually start using them on a, on a big level. Um, so it's something that I provide to students or anybody that, uh, you know, is looking for some cheap websites. They can, uh, they can just get on there and they can get a buyer website uh, that will help build their buyers list and then also a, a website that they can use to start collecting uh, motivated sellers. Now, I still don't understand why you're not charging more than you are, but how much are you charging for these things, Brian? Uh, it's just $15 a month. There's no setup fees or anything like that. Um, it's just one uh, flat fee each month. 15 bucks a month. And so these will give you the buyer and seller websites, you know, where if, if you want to build your buyer's list or build uh, have a website for sellers to go and put their information in. Um, and it's brain dead simple. I've seen these videos that you've done for the, for creating these things and, um, really, really cool. And you, you, you only charge 15 bucks a month. Where can they go to get that information, Brian, if they're interested? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. If they want to go to uh cheap REI websites.com, um, they can go there and check it out. And, you know, just like you said, it's real simple stuff. You don't have to know anything about uh, websites or coding or anything like that. It's all real simple stuff. Um, you know, you can edit them, you can add images, videos, anything that you want. Uh, it just allows you to build your buyers list, keep track of all your leads, and then you can uh, send out email blasts from the websites and everything. So it's just real simple, all in one. Yeah. And Alex and I don't get anything for referring this stuff, but that's how much we believe in what Brian's doing, and we trust Brian. Uh, he's a great resource, a great uh, tr treasure trove of knowledge, and if you want to kind of get more information about outsourcing and the systems. Brian's got a lot of cool things at wholesaletoriches.com. Brian, thank you so much. We sure appreciate it. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other things we could have talked about, but we need to end this call. Thank you so much, man. No, thank you guys for having me. It's uh, a pleasure to you know talk with you guys. You guys are both uh, friends of mine, and I enjoy your company. You guys are doing uh, really big things, so it's, it's awesome just to be a part of it. Well, we need to – appreciate it. We need to have a coffee or a beer sometime soon, Brian. We'd live just... Make it a beer. Okay. 30 <laughs> minutes from here. Um, so, I mean, I don't know why we don't hang out more often, but... Um, I agree. <laughs> cool. So, uh, hey, guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. We have some show notes on there. Uh, you know, I might even put that voicemail script on there. How about that? I'll put the voicemail script on the website that I've read before because I know I'm going to get emails about it. Hey, send me that. I, <laughs> I couldn't write it down fast enough. That was a really good script. David Alexander did a good job with that. 
Yeah, and by the way, if you want to, we didn't even talk about bandit signs, but it's a great place to go get some good bandit signs. And uh, David has a great website about that. He's the kind of the king of bandit signs. It's banditsigns.com. And uh, somewhere on there, he has some resources for free uh, of how um, he does bandit signs. And they're really, really cool. I, I refer people to that a lot. Um, but I will add that voicemail script and a link to Bandit Signs. But So go to the website. You won't get that stuff unless you go to Real Estate Investing Mastery. Leave us a review on iTunes. We sure appreciate uh, the great feedback we get there and hope you enjoy the show. We'll see you guys. See you, Alex. Thank you, Brian. Good stuff.